Hello, I'm Debs. And I'm Hannah, and welcome to The Write-Off, a podcast for the everyday writer. Even if you don't write every day. Whether you're hoping that what you're working on will one day be a Sunday Times bestseller, or you're simply putting words on the page for the pleasure of it, The Write-Off is a podcast for every writer on the journey. You might be squeezing your writing time in around multiple jobs or childcare, or even just around the ebbs and flows of your own enthusiasm. But we're here to say, us too. Hello and welcome to episode five of series two of The Writer. Hello. This episode is called Notions and I guess it's all about what we think writing should be like versus the reality. And I think there's probably quite a wide void. There really is. I did a little list. I mean, like some of them are really trivial little things and some are like whopping great chasms of (laughs) (laughs) a gap between what I hoped it would be and what it actually ended up being. But yeah, there's like... um... Okay, let's hear some of your list. I'm very interested in this list. Okay, so um, let's start with something trivial. Buying a notepad. Yeah. And then actually using it. Yeah, I mean... I don't know about you, but I have got so many notepads. The optimistic feeling, this is going to be the one I jot down all my amazing ideas in. Exactly. But they're so pretty notepads, aren't they? And it would be so nice if you get everything down in a notepad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm exactly the same. The amount of stationery I have optimistically bought because I think, oh, it's going to make me a better writer. It's going to make me focus in on this thing. And then I'm like, oh, what's in this old notepad I've come across? Maybe some amazing ideas for a story. And then I like open it, like page one, it says, idea. <laughs> what? Anything else? <laughs> well, I might have like maybe two pages and it will be completely obscure. Or do you ever do that thing where sometimes I look back at like notes I've made? I can't read my own writing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got the worst writing. And you know it's bad when it's your own writing, you can't read it. <laughs> well, that's notepads. Okay. Okay, so that was a small one. I'll go to a, a bit of a bigger one. The notion that I'd get paid to be a writer. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a big one, isn't it? That's a biggie. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? So when you think about the, the notions, the expectations you've had in the past or you have now, about writing and your writing life what does it make you think of yeah I guess I've always had this idea of myself with like this really ordered desk and this really ordered writing life and being a really disciplined person who works hard to make sure that they've sat down and written and actually the uh, reality is that over the many, many years I've been trying to fit writing in I've never had an ordered desk in fact I hardly ever write at a desk I seem to write all over the flipping place. I mean, that's good. Not everybody just wants to sit at a desk. And also it shows that you're you're adaptable to your surroundings. You can write wherever the mood takes you. Exactly. My favourite time was always when we were writing in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> Although you say that, that's one of my notions. Oh. Oh, you know, I, I sit in a pub or somewhere and write with a glass of red wine. <laughs> Genuinely, it's like, it sounds really nice. It sounds really nice, but it doesn't work because I completely get drunk. 
like quite but do you know what I mean like quite quickly that side of my brain just goes and I can't really focus that well so it's just idealistic it's just like this kind of as if it's quite a like cultured thing to do is to sit there and look out and people watch a glass of wine and then kind of tap away the observations that I'm making while sitting in this pub it's like it's bullshit you know yeah I wouldn't try that anymore but I think I have in the past and it doesn't work (laughs) I think as well it's like that thing of like you imagine yourself you know taking yourself off and take myself off to do this you know and have my like really constructive time with my glass of wine and my and then it's not as a, it's not as good, is it? As like, <laughs> but it's distracting, isn't it? Like I think that when you go out, not only like does it take you time to get somewhere. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes, especially sitting in a coffee shop, it can really kind of impact a small bit of writing because just it puts you in a frame of mind, and and you know sometimes sitting in a kind of atmosphere like that can be inspiring. But I wouldn't say that I could get loads done. Yeah. You see, because I've, like, you know, I've heard a few people talking about how they go to a coffee shop because it's, like, really good. And just, like, all the kind of the white noise of life around you is quite good to focus your mind. Uh, yeah, but I always find that if I go into a coffee shop, I'm really distracted by all of that. Realistically, I, I wouldn't go there and get, like, thousands of words written. <laughs> get that done anyway but you know yeah. I think there's, there's part of me that's like goes to do things like that to be a writer rather than to actually get some writing done exactly you've nailed it it's more to do with yeah with kind of like your ideas of what it should look like yes what it should look like and should it really look like anything other than just getting the words on the page but that's the thing so I would say for me the biggest journey I've had to go on you know where I've gone from thinking about it in one way to realizing that it's something polar opposite is is just that it's just that you have to there isn't really any other way to be a writer except for just getting the words on the page and I think I've spent a lot of time at various stages of my life waiting for the for the stars to align do you know what I mean and Uh, in some ways kind of avoiding the hard work as much as you know writing can be amazing a lot of it is just quite a drudge definitely and that that is another of on my list is (laughs) is expecting to love it all the time all the time but you can you can have a dream about your life and you can try and live that dream but it's unrealistic to think that it's always going to make you happy yeah that sounds depressing do you know what I mean though I know exactly what you mean because I think I actually had a period of time it was probably after my daughter was born so I had two kids under two where I was really like at least a couple of years where I felt really negative about writing and anytime I didn't get much time, but anytime I did have where I was like, oh, I, I could write in this window of time. And I had this real like resentment about it. I was like, sort of found the act of trying to write something really hard work and really negative. But looking back, I think I was really tired. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like that's nothing to do with writing, I don't think. 
No, but I think it was to do with writing because I wanted to do it, but I was, I knew it needed this like certain focus and this certain energy and I just didn't have it. And so for a while it felt like outwardly I was going, when I've got a bit more time, I'm going to be writing. But inwardly I was like, oh, fuck this shit. And then I went on like that for quite a long time, actually. That's so discouraging, isn't it? And I think one of the problems with having kind of notions about how it should be is that if you expect too much and you feel let down by it, it might make you give up. Yeah. I feel like the problem with kind of having expectations if it's just this large goal of what you think it should be and you don't kind of like measure the goal. So in my kind of limited window of time that I have to sit and write, I do feel discouraged if the words just like, that's one of my notions is that, right, I have an hour. And so, you know, I've got to fill that hour and it's going to be great. And, you know, and I really look forward to it. And then if I then sit down and it doesn't work, I get disappointed and discouraged. Whereas if I kind of said, Right, you just got right. 200 words plus edit that paragraph. Yeah. So I guess one of the solutions is to ha- having your kind of expectations not met is to just plan or aim small. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually think that is just great writing advice. Yes, aim small. Jesus Christ, is so English. Aim small is like the worst... <laughs> <laughs> the worst catchphrase ever (laughs) it's the most British like yeah but I but oh but I'm like I'm serious because I think if you don't give yourself unrealistic expectations if you say to yourself like you just said right okay so I'm aiming for 200 words then if you nail that and you write a thousand words or 1500 words or whatever anything above the 200 basically you're like amazing yeah but if you know, and then if you can only get to 200 words and it's a bit of a slog, then you hit you hit your target and you don't have, because I think a lot of it is, a lot of it is a psychological battle with yourself. You know, a lot of it is psychology, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and it's just um, repeatedly showing up. You think it's going to be a lot more dreamy than that and a lot more kind of... Um, romantic and when you read about other people's writing processes in that removed way it sounds really romantic and dreamy and it's just showing up yeah and and romantic notions aren't measurable no they're not annoyingly no (laughs) really not but don't you think that we have to spin these stories around people's writing processes because it's quite boring otherwise (laughs) like you can't sell that can you so you have to have this whole like you know you know writing in the cafe day after day undiscovered until you know because if you don't spin these stories around people's processes it's like wildly dull they sat at their desk and they got it done yeah they set themselves very small (laughs) (laughs) They, they aimed small it was a really, really, really long period of time. Maybe the rom- romanticism comes from writers themselves over the years. Oh, We've kind of bought into that idea. Oh, yeah. I think I've watched too many movies as well where, you know, kind of like the training montages. Yeah. 
And so I, I, I always envisaged that my work would get done just through montages. Do you know what I mean? Like there'd be, <laughs> there'd be a couple of shots of me scratching my head and then... And then all like your inky fingers are like furiously moving across the page. <laughs> and a nice, a nice like lilting soundtrack running behind you. And I lean over and sip my glass of red wine. <laughs> I think as well, there's there's something to be said for the the notion of being like another writer. So maybe it was the end of the first lockdown. I was reading the Stephen King book. Actually, you bought me it, Deb. So I'm writing. I'm writing. But anyway, I knew that I was going to get a little bit more time carved out to focus on this manuscript so I was doing a lot of reading I was doing a lot of listening to people um and I got quite fixated on what Stephen King talked about which is that you write your first draft really almost furiously and he said unequivocally if it takes longer than three months you're not doing it right or something along those lines Mm. (laughs) three months months for a first draft whack it out yeah and I was like, yep, 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 yep. That's what I'm going to do. I'm ready. I felt like I was in the crouch position, ready for someone to fire the starting gun. And I kept saying to people, like, I'm going to write it in three months. And then I suppose in the first few weeks where I was getting a bit more time to focus, of course, I knew really quickly, I was going to fucking write it in three months. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm literally just talking about getting to the end of the first draft. But even then, I was like, I'm just not going to. Also, I really like Stephen King on writing. But that kind of advice isn't helpful because he doesn't know what other people's lives look like. Exactly. I think as well, just remembering that you can lean on things like doing a writing exercise. I'm loath to say because I don't want to sound like a dick. But I think I kind of feel like, well, I shouldn't need to do writing exercise anymore. enough I should just be able to like crack on yeah but I find that some of my best ideas have come from when there's a stimulus yeah well exactly and even um who was I listening to I was listening to uh Leanne Moriarty the writer and she was saying that she does writing exercises all the time and she gets people to set writing exercises for her all the time because she doesn't plan what she's going to write when she writes a book so she actually relies quite heavily on things like that because brilliant idea I I heard her say that on a day where I was feeling particularly like bogged down and then I was like well I should do some writing exercises because even if I never use the stuff that I've generated from doing them it'll get me past this feeling of being stuck yeah and exactly so if you're sitting there and you're not being productive anyway then why not do an exercise even if it doesn't go anywhere it's still you know improving your writing and it's good practice yeah exactly but I think as well it's just about like um embracing little tricks almost just to keep the ball moving forward I've spent a lot a lot of time just not doing much of anything because I'm like bogged down in it but I'm not looking for ways out another notion the notion that being a writer meant just being a writer and not also having to market yourself. Yeah. My friend the other day said to me, okay then, so if, you, if you're if you writing a short story, 
what's your three sentences if someone were to ask you that you've got to pre-prepare you know and my heart just sank because she's absolutely right but it's like I freaking hate that shit now that's a creative exercise I never like partaking in the a brief summary of yeah and also there's that part of me that's still kind of ashamed of my writing so so when you know there's still that part of me that's like it's none of your business what my writing's about <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> you told me you're a writer and and don't you want you know this to be published <laughs> <laughs> I think another notion that ties into that is um that you might be a writer but you also alongside that you kind of also might have to be the a jack of all trades you know you could have a novel published and that would be like the epitome of success but you might also still have to be doing other things on the side you know yeah in a coffee shop or being a copywriter or you know whatever your side gig is side hustle yeah think I often imagine you know when I thought sort of look down the line and I'm like well maybe this novel might get published and in my mind it's quite finite I'm like and then I will be a writer forever but realistically it's probably more likely that I've got to hustle quite hard yeah the majority of published writers don't earn as much as the like top five percent of writers no so you're right you have like so I mean I don't, I don't know enough about it, but I think the majority will be doing other gigs, even if there are other writing gigs like ghostwriting or writing on other companies' blogs and stuff like that. It's still not living the dream of sitting in your writing shed, writing yeah. a novel. <laughs> <laughs> but then also it's like another notion, and I've you know, talked about this a few times already this series, is the idea that you know there's only one way to be published, which is like, Sunday Times bestseller in the top 10 massive publishing house massive publishing deal and again it's like you realize that actually 99% of the time people don't get anywhere near that yeah so true that's okay like that is I think that's been one of the biggest things for me maybe in the last three or four years I've just gone actually that's okay what about story idea in your head versus how it ends up on the page (laughs) (laughs) I love the internet for these I do (laughs) so it's that kind of I can't think of a specific one but like you know in your head there's this absolutely stunning multicolored portrait of a person and then the first draft is like a stick man yeah (laughs) and I guess that is a the ultimate notion isn't it that you can just uh pour it onto the page and it will be perfect I know yeah definitely or that it will be easy to take what's in your head and put it into words that it'll just uh it'll all just flow out and yeah it'll be easy to transcribe one image and that's it isn't it it's complicated it's not just a story in your head with a beginning a middle and end it's an idea or a feeling a feeling that's the thing isn't it it's really fucking hard it's really hard (laughs) I find it hard to describe my feelings in life in general (laughs) I think time's nearly up Hannah did you have any other notions well I suppose the biggest one for me was that I always thought that eventually if I just kept going that yeah the talent 
and, and not to sort of sound like I'm blowing smoke up my own ass here, but like that eventually my talent would will out. Yeah. That eventually it would just rise to the top and then people would be like, oh, she's writing. Welcome into this imaginary club, you know? Yeah. And actually it's, it's a lot more toil and it's a lot more hard graft. And a bit like you were saying about being able to market yourself, it's not just about being sort of like shy and retiring in the corner and going, oh, what this old thing that I wrote? (laughs) No one's going to like stumble into me and go, you write? Wonderful. Come this way to a publishing deal. Do you know what I mean? It sounds a bit like sort of like life's knocked the edges off me, but I think I've just got a bit more realistic. Yeah, and you say talent will out as if it's already the end yeah it might still out (laughs) you're still going come out it might still rise to the top especially if you aim low (laughs) (laughs) well that was a lovely chat hannah thank you very much oh i enjoyed that i felt it felt a little bit like a therapy session this one (laughs) They all do today, but maybe that's just me. Um, well, uh, what are we chatting about in the next episode? The final episode. The final episode of series two. The final episode of series two. It's going to be called Kill Your Darlings. Ooh. Ouch. Um, yeah, about that painful editing process that we know and love. Look forward to that one, Hannah. And um, thanks for listening, everyone. And good luck with your writing. Oh, good luck with your writing. If you have enjoyed today's episode, then please do subscribe, rate and review us. It helps people to find us. And every listen and download to our little podcast really does make a difference. And we really do appreciate it.